Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. Yes, the fire is back because I've got a hot take today on who the Vikings should avoid in free agency. I'm Luke Braun of the Locked On Vikings podcast, and I have been called back for a third interview with the Indianapolis Colts. Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman, ready to watch future Vikings center John Michael Schmitz at day three of Senior Bowl practice later on today after the show. That's a true football guy right there. It's Sam with the Lukes today on the Minnesota Football Party. Let's do it. Locked on Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota Football Party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings Insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. Welcome into the Minnesota Football Party. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Those are the Lukes, Inman, and Braun. And today, we dive into Vikings free agency. Which free agents should they let walk? Which should they keep? Plus, can the Vikings land a Giro Evero as defensive coordinator? That and plenty more on the Minnesota Football Party. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn today to get started. And Locked On Sports Minnesota is available to you. Amazon Fire Stick or Roku, the Locked On Sports Minnesota app. Watch us on your smart TVs or on your mobile devices or laptops, the smaller screens on YouTube. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. Also free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, leave a comment below. Who is the Vikings' next defensive coordinator going to be? Is it going to be a Giro Evero? who seems to be in flux right now. The Vikings are in flux as they await uh, the naming of their defensive coordinator. Seems like they're in a holding pattern, guys. And that makes me think that Giro Evero is their preferred candidate if he is willing to come here, if he does not get hired to a different, maybe more preferable job. Luke Braun, you've been, you've been tweeting about this this morning already. The dominoes are slowly falling but they're not exactly clearing things up very, very rapidly here for the Vikings. Not with Evero. Um, but so Vic Fangio, as we record this, like 30 minutes ago, mm-hmm. took the defensive coordinator job with Miami, which he had already agreed to do. And then he kind of balked on that and maybe he was going to go to Denver, but nope, he's going to Miami. So that actually means with Sean Desai, another guy, the Vikings are, are pretty high on uh, Sean Desai has now, missed out on every job that he's interviewed for, except for this one, except the Vikings D coordinator. So if the Vikings want him, they got him. Um, with Evero, now we have to wait to see if Denver even lets him out of his contract, which they're going to talk about today. So as you are listening to this, you might know more about the, that than we do. And we have to see what happens with the Arizona and Indianapolis head coaching searches, both of which uh, Evero is... Um, heavily involved in. So we've got to wait for all that stuff to to play out with him. Um, yeah, it seems like the Vikings are really high on him. It makes sense why they would be 
Uh, it sounds like Evero thinks about things the same way. He says situational masters even. They <laughs> they came off the same kind of McVeigh world as uh, as Kevin O'Connell did. Um, even worked with Kwesi Adolfo Mensa for a year in San Francisco as a low-level yeah. assistant. So same scheme and all that stuff, a lot of the same philosophies, and seems to come in with an emphasis on pressure on the QB and a little bit more favor toward like man coverage. So it seems like he comes in with the exact philosophy you want uh, to fix this problem. So I'm a huge fan of this idea, but it might be pie in the sky. There's a lot of stuff that needs to clear out first. Yeah, super fluid situation. Like you said, kind of changing by the day. Luke's done a lot of research on this stuff, so I'm kind of leaning on him. Arif even sold me on Evero two weeks ago on this show. Kind of enticed about his ability to create and mold a defense around his players' unique skill sets, right? Like, if that means you're standing Zadarius Smith up on one side and 3-4 alignment, but then having Daniil Hunter with his hand in the ground and a more 4-3 alignment on the other side, and he can get creative and find ways to do that. So that's kind of the background he brings to the table. Had decent success in the past and although I think anyone is going to be an upgrade from what we had last year I do think when you look at the options left on the table if you can't get Flores in the building who I still think is my option a with his resume and just how he's helped transform a lot of defenses with his track record but if he's off the board then Evero would definitely be my plan b and I'd still feel pretty good about that and one of the deals there is only one guy can take the Arizona job. Right. So he can kind exactly. of take the other one. And the Colts job, you know, there c can be a world where like Flores takes one and Evero takes the other. Mm -hmm. um, but the Colts job, they have gone to second interviews with like eight people. So it could be somebody we're not even looking at. Somebody off an offensive side of the ball or something. So uh, there's a lot of stuff that a lot of like permutations, but it's really difficult to see uh, a world where the Vikings don't end up with one of those two guys. Just... Uh off of chance and if they do then they just hire Sean Desai and they're probably pretty happy with that yeah Evero seems like the much more likely realistic situation or scenario here is Flores kind of a pipe dream like what percentage chance just knowing what I'd you guys Evero's know is more of a pipe dream because it feels like he's it, so it? he's in such high demand right that it mm -hmm. feels harder to get him whereas Brian Flores he has interviewed for two jobs that are still available Arizona head coach and Minnesota Vikings D coordinator mm -hmm. so if he doesn't get the head coach job and he wants to be a DC. That's it. There's no more competition. So that seems a lot more doable. Um, but like, and like Evero has been interviewed for every job that can interview for right. him. Even the Falcons asked and he got blocked uh, in by, by Denver, but the Falcons asked like many weeks ago and they've already hired their guy. So Flores or Evero, each one of you, who's your pick if you had both. Yep. So, <clears throat> well, this is the question I want to pose, and it regard it's I think in regards to both these candidates. So Evero is the candidate that you created in a lab. Like he is perfect for this situation because he's got KOC connection. Mm -hmm. He's got Quasi connection. He has an emphasis on passing defense, which the Vikings badly need. Um, he has a great connection with players. He's got a pretty nice coaching tree behind him. He's young, like all of this is good. So are you cool with the next Mike Tomlin? Like, are you cool with someone coming in and going in eyes wide open, knowing this might be a one year pact? And this, if you have any measure of success, this guy's gone. Do you want that? Are you okay with having one? Absolutely. Great. 100%. Okay. 
hundred okay. percent. There's no yeah. way around that. You, yeah, you can't, there, the, the really way to not. play around that is to hire bad people. <laughs> right. Right. You look <laughs> you at the blueprint, you look at the landscape of the NFL. It's so fluid year to year. That means, all right, in two, three, four years, there's going to be a larger coaching tree and there's going to be more options at hand. And if that means as well, that for those two, three years that I had this guy, that he was successful, of course, you're going to take that 10 out of 10 times, aren't you? Yeah, it's so much easier if you if you think about like what problem that presents, right? That the world where we hire Evero and then he gets a head coaching job in 2020, uh, 2024. What year is it? Um, if like that world means the Vikings defense got fixed and he got credit for it, which is great, right? We fixed the defense. So point in that column. And the problem now is we have this machine that runs the way it's supposed to, but we just need someone to drive it. And that problem is so much easier to solve than the one we're in right now, which is we don't even know if we want to stick to this or do we want to go back and start rebuilding something else completely from scratch schematically? Or do we want to like, you know, do we want to screw up the development of somebody like Brian Osamoa who made lots of strides to go with somebody who's back to the scheme that they did, that they just fired everybody over from 2021? Like, what do we like? This is a way harder situation to, to navigate than all right, that worked great. Let's see if we can find somebody as similar to this as possible because at least you have some direction. So I'm not worried about it because it means that we fixed things and we will have fewer problems to deal with next offseason in that scenario. That's a good scenario to me. And when you talk about that specific example, like somebody just needs to step in and drive the car now, you would even assume worst case scenario, maybe his defensive assistant or somebody underneath him right. that understands the blueprint now, how to drive this machine should be able to step in and offer somewhat of a smooth transition if that was the case i got i got drawn and quartered in the comments section last week for suggesting mike petton as a good candidate um you walked right into that and and (laughs) that's justice and that's the marketplace of ideas i i I know it's so it's not going to happen like i never thought it was the like betting favorite to happen i just didn't think it was as bad of an idea as people thought and i still don't and i still you know i still think that he's probably pretty capable and and more capable than people think. But if next year we're in this position where it's a good defense and Mike Patton was like a high level assistant, is he suddenly a better option to take the reins of that defense in 2024 after someone like built it up to be really good? Then do you just hand it off to Mike? That, that's where I think there's inconsistency there. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go down the Patton road necessarily. Um, but Luke, your original question, Evero or Flores, I think Evero is preferred. Um, Flores, I think, is a similar deal. Like, again, I think he could be gone with any measure of success. And and it sounds like you guys are fine with that. Um, but I think the bias is, is that we just know more about Flores. We know more about the Flores name and what he's about. We don't know as much about Desai. I, I just can't judge those guys either way. So I think fans should not be disappointed if it ends up being Desai. Um knowing that Evero might be kind of unlikely based on how popular he is. What, what, do you think that is that a major downgrade, Braun, in your estimation, if it ends up being a Desai? I don't, I, I'm pretty good with all three of those guys. Um, I Somebody just asked me on Twitter, like, what's your ranking? And I said, it's like Evero and then a tiny gap and then Flores and then a tiny gap and then Desai. But I'm really happy with either of those three. And and I am not a fan of Petten. Um, but to your point, I will say the difference i think between like if if the defense gets fixed next year but then whether it's floors or everyone they go get a head coaching job and then we bring in petten it kind of is better yeah because continuity like 
the the thing I don't like about giving Petten the job is that it represents continuity for a unit that does not need continuity. Right. right. But if they fix things, continuity feels a lot better. So yeah, then then I, I would be a little more open to that idea. Um, as long as you're comfortable, yeah. KOC hones him in, says, listen, don't get wild here. All right, don't well, start and, and calling now you have a blueprint for him to follow. Right, you know, here's the plan. Where he goes, oh, okay, this works with these players. Now I know what to do. It's like exactly. a, a lot harder to screw that up. Yeah, Flores too, like just knowing his Patriots background and the defense he wants to run, being the draft guy that I am, you're almost pigeonholed into taking a quarterback in round one because his defense needs that mm -hmm. shutdown cover guy, which is it fine in this loaded class of cornerbacks. Unless wild card scenario, you want to plan on maybe trading for a Jalen Ramsey for a first and a third round pick or something like that. But it does sound less and less likely Flores would be the realistic option for them when it's all said and done over a guy like Evero. We are evaluating... Vikings in-house free agents after I tell you about FanDuel and the app that you need at your Super Bowl party. It's America's number one sportsbook and our new partners here at Locked On, FanDuel. Download FanDuel now or head to the website so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to all of those scintillating prop bets that we will be talking about on this show and probably putting a parlay together next week the FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe secure and super easy to use and you get paid your winnings instantly after the big game is over so join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57 FanDuel.com Slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Guys, I've got 14 Vikings UFAs. You got a couple Urfas. You got a couple RFAs. I've got 14. Love a good Urfa, don't you? Once in yeah. a while. Well, I've got, got a couple good Urfas, Urfas this year. Tonga <laughs> and Brandell for less than a million a pop, and they can't negotiate. Let's go. Good spot. Bring them back. Easy. Um, 14 UFAs. I, I have split them into five categories. Um, tell me if you agree or how you would split them up. I've got one. I've got one Vikings UFA who I would negotiate with at market value. I don't think you'll need many guesses to, to guess who it is. Do you want to take a stab? Dalvin Tomlinson. Yes. Dalvin Tomlinson is the one guy who I would not try to short shrift. I would give him what he deserves. I like his age. I like his production. Whatever money you can create with the cap by cutting vets, I would prioritize Dalvin Tomlinson. Any disagreement there? I'm with you. Like, you kind of got to separate him into tiers, right? Maybe a good, better, best, or like top-tier guy, one role player, a bargain bin guy. But yeah, of those big names, I'm with you. Pat P., Bradbury, Dalvin Tomlinson. I'm going with Tomlinson. I mean, you're talking about a defense that was already soft last year. And then just the thought of like taking him out of the equation, it, it gets scary. Like when he was healthy on the field, he was a pivotal piece of that defense in the trenches. This team needs more strength, just more toughness up front. And you remove a guy like Tomlinson in the middle, you're only making things exponentially worse. And I like the versatility too. I mean, he can play nose. He can play three tech if they switch back to a four, three. So the versatility, kind of a nice little bonus there, just having some scheme flexibility up front, because without him, now you're relying on guys like James Lynch, 
Jonathan Bullard think he's a free agent, actually. Ross Black. Probably Lock. drafting someone, honestly. Uh, you yeah, you got to draft somebody. Don't have a lot of. We're getting a different free guys, agent, though. And some of those guys were fine last year. I don't think any of them were legitimate full time starters in the NFL coming off last year. Also, too, when you think about Pat P, you still got four bodies back there, right? That you hope can fight it out and just emerge as the new starter. Duke Shelley probably on one side, but then Andrew Booth. Dantzler and a Caleb Evans. That just gives me a lot more confidence than the group of defensive linemen I just named backing up Dalvin. I think Bradbury kind of is what it is. I mean, he didn't light the world on fire anyways. You hope you can find a similar replacement in free agency or the draft. Arif seems to think the free agents are a little bit better than I do. I'm also starting to fall in love with John Michael Schmitz from the Gophers. Maybe a plug and play day one starter in the middle there, especially if you can trade back in the first round and still get him. But yeah, then there's just a big drop off in talent with those guys. When you look at the free agents, see Seems like those are the big three. Are those the three guys you had circled, Sam? Because when I just took a quick look at it, yeah. it was those three and then a big drop off to like the Irv Smith, Chandon Sullivan, who else was on there? Let, so first of all, I this has happened to me before and I got fooled the first time. You got to go to over the cap. I went to spot track. Doesn't list Duke yes. Shelley. I don't know what what, what, yeah. what did Duke <laughs> Shelley do to spot track. Over the cap is correct. So there's there's actually 15. My bad. Um. I think Dalvin Tomlinson is the blue chipper you pursue. Mm-hmm. I think in yes. terms of the the other sort of blue chippers, Patrick Peterson is on my priority with an asterisk list. If Patrick Peterson wants multi-years, I say no. If Patrick Peterson wants 10 million, I say no. I would do Patrick Peterson at like a year and six. Um, but I'm going to be strict about my likely parameters. doable. That you seems think? really doable because it's about, what did he make this year? Four. I mean, four. Yeah. Yeah, that's I mean, he he and he kind of said, like, you know, I understand that I'm like an older guy now and this is no longer about the money. This is about ring chasing and this is about legacy and this is about, you know, just being a part of something and all that. Mm-hmm. So and and he's already vocally said that he wants to come back. So then you've got if you consider them blue chippers, Bradbury and Irv. Now, we've already established in the last two minutes that spot track is not gospel. They are estimating market value for Irv Smith at 10 million annually. I think that's ludicrous. And they're estimating Bradbury at 12. They're (laughs) estimating Bradbury at four years, 48. What do they, what do they know? I could honestly see somebody doing that with Bradbury. Honestly, Bradbury. I could totally see someone doing it. And I don't, I'm I'm not into it. Go. I like, I, I just did this episode on, on locked on Vikings and, um, my thing with Bradbury was I, I think the free market is best for him. I think he makes more money on the market than he does just taking whatever the Vikings would offer. Yep. And I think it's also best for the Vikings too. If you're going to let Bradbury test the free market, well, now you're just in free agency and he's just one of many free agent centers. And I think you can probably get a more efficient deal with somebody else. Um, and I feel the same way about Irv Smith, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's not that crazy to see those guys go out and get paid on just like potential or somebody who had a really high draft thing on him that doesn't want to give up that says, oh, the Vikings just misused him or maybe he can stay healthy with me, that kind of thing. I could totally see it. Irv surprises <laughs> me quite a bit. Can't see him getting 10. Bradbury, much more realistic. How long until Bradbury's a Pro Bowl center on another team? One year, two years, <laughs> max? Yeah, one year. One year. That, is, that would be tough to swallow. The Irv, Irv would blow me away if he got 10. Yeah. Like I, he needs a, a prove it deal, and usually prove it deals are 
They're not that much. I mean, not when you've been hurt two years in a row and you've really never had a big the, year. The one thing he's got going for him is the tight end pool in the NFL, just in general. I mean, yeah, which at the top, at but there's and, like and three fantasy guys. Football players know this. Like, there's yeah. just not a lot outside those big four, big five, right? Like, it gets thin. So, yeah. Irv, second round pick, top 50 pick, only what, 25 next year. Yeah, no track record, not a good resume at all. Battled injuries his whole career, but somebody might spend a little bit more than we assume. Don't think we're talking 10, but a little bit more than we assume, just given the market. So I would classify those two as stay away. If there's any type of, of cost that resembles that. I would also, I think, stay away from uh, a starter last year, Chandon Sullivan. I think that nickels are cheap. And I think you can better, yeah. you can try to upgrade. Nickels yeah, are you, so cheap. Of all these, I'll be a little frustrated if they bring him back. I would love for them to roll the dice. Not even roll the dice. Just switch it out. You tried it. You got a little taste of it. I don't think it was super successful. I think there's definitely room for improvement there. I think finding a better solution at slot cornerback on this defense could go a long way just in the big picture for this defense. They're not that expensive anyways, too. And there's a couple good ones in the draft, too, specifically inside cornerbacks. Loaded class of corners this year. So, yeah, between those two options, I really do hope they let Shandon walk mm -hmm. one way or another. I would say that you've you probably got about a half a dozen like vet minimums that you're giving out to, to some of these guys this offseason. And I think it's kind of a draw out of the hat, honestly. Like, and and there's sort of some indifference here. If they bring BC back, non-guaranteed one-year deal, great. Yeah, whatever. If they bring Mullins back on a one-year deal, great. Like Udo, Schlotman. I I think I'm fine with those flyers because they're going to be cheap. They're going to be one year. They're going to be depth pieces. I think the the ones that you circle as sort of intrigue are Madison and Joseph. Greg Joseph is he's your kicker. Are you satisfied enough with him to just bring it back and uh, accept kind of the unpredictability that Greg Joseph offers? What do you do there? I No, I'm not interested. Um, I think you can do better on the open market. I think you could do better with an undrafted free agent, whoever you like who doesn't get drafted. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think you can absolutely upgrade on Greg Joseph without spending significant resources at all. He was, yeah, he's not been good. Um, I wish that reference like would sort just overall kick percentage, because if you combine the extra points and field goals, it tells like a, a very bleak story of Greg Joseph, like the field goal percentage this year, 20, yeah, I mean, 28, that's not even good because he missed so many yeah. for 50 plus, um, extra point percentage, 24th out of 20. Yeah. So this year ended up pretty bad for Joseph, even though he had a nice stretch kind of toward the middle end of the season, but in the three years he's been entrusted as kicker, it's been that way. Like he's really never had an above average kicking season. And I think they what, yeah, what do we him. think is going to happen here? Okay. I'm looking up his stats right now. Not great, huh? <laughs> they were really that bad. Like I knew they were bad. Like, yeah. Okay. We're just used to it. Cause we're Vikings point, fans. Four for 10 plus 50, but that's 50 plus. Like how many kickers are, are going 10 for 10? But man, they're really not that great, especially compared to the rest of the league. Yeah. I, I, I could see them drafting late. Just finding someone off the scrap heap, probably not going to downgrade, to be honest. Um, and until you find your guy at kicker, I think that you, I think that you need to be a little more willing to. I, I know Vikings have gotten in trouble with this, but if you don't get attached, I think it's easier to move. On. A lot of teams have done this. A lot of teams will go through kickers and then they kind of strike gold. Um, 
And then it's Alexander Madison. Last guy I wanted to talk about. Luke, we talked about this on the show yesterday. Let's run it by Braun. So Dalvin Cook gets cut. Let's assume that that's a truism here. Would you mind bringing back Madison on a team-friendly deal? I think... uh, Would I mind? Not necessarily, uh, if that ended up being the decision. Um, But I don't see it being very likely because of the way things would go down. If they cut Dalvin Cook, A, they're making the decision to cut Dalvin Cook before they're making the decision of whether or not to bring back Alexander Madison because they're cutting Dalvin Cook probably to get to help them get under the cap for the, the new league year. And that just means it in the calendar, that decision comes first. But also, Alexander Madison is also one of those kinds of guys that feels like he can get starter money on the open market. Um, but if you're cutting Dalvin cook and essentially making Alexander Madison, the de facto starter before he hits free agency, then you're paying that dude. Like he, he's not doing that on a team friendly deal. The only way you get Alexander Madison on a team friendly deal is if you let him hit free agency, let him test the market. He doesn't like what he finds. And then he comes back and you say, Oh yeah, go test the market doors open. We'll do that. So the way that the timeline works out, I think you have to let, to get that team-friendly deal, you have to let Alexander Madison into the market, let him test it, let him totally. see what he finds. Totally. And then if he comes back, then I guess, sure. But at that point, well, now you, you've got access to the entire free agent market. Why aren't we talking about then like Jamal Williams or Raheem Mostert or Boston Scott or any of these other guys that could potentially be interesting free agents? Um, Rashad Penny is an interesting one. Like, there's all yeah, these guys. It, it's there's loaded, a lot of guys on the loaded out there. I, yeah. Yeah. It's loaded. So I can't see so Madison. We don't need to be attached to the, the guy that was here before. Totally. Totally. No, I agree. I can't see Madison dipping his toe into that free agent pool and loving what he finds out is over on the other side of that wall. But I mean, he, he's been a very solid RB2 for what, four straight years now. And he's still a little bit younger coming off his rookie deal. Somebody could probably pay him a little bit extra than what the Vikings are going to at least initially offer him. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. There's so many big name running backs. So much of the league now is running back by committee. I mean, how many six, seven Mm -hmm. teams maybe have that true number one workhorse kind of guy. It's going to be interesting to see again, just what type of money, not just Madison, but a lot of those names that Luke just mentioned, the Jamal Williams, the Kareem Hunts, the Miles Sanders, those types of guys, knowing that the NFL really does like to churn these guys out grind their tires down for four or five years and then let them walk and go find another guy on day three of the draft kind of thing. I don't think the free agent market's going to be kind to Madison. I said that yesterday and I'll, I'll reiterate it for this new audience potentially. I don't know if he gives you, because I don't think he's going to get paid as a starter. I think he's at best, I think he's a, a two-headed monster or an RB2, like a clear RB2. He's a compliment. But I think as a compliment, you want somebody who's either like super fast, can stretch the field, good speed, or they're like an amazing pass catching back. I don't think he's either. I think he's kind of a volume guy. I think that he's probably best utilized, honestly, the way he was in college, where he just grinds you down. And that's not the way the NFL is played. So I don't think he has a profile that fits what a lot of teams are looking for. I think, I think that he's going to be in a situation where he'll have to take couple million bucks. Maybe I'm wrong. I'd be surprised if I'm wrong, but I could be wrong. Um, could totally turn out that way, yeah. I think it yeah. has to be that way for him to come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And if he doesn't, I'm okay with that. 
I'm 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 honestly okay with that. Go roll with Chandler, roll with mm-hmm. Wang Lu, even, even though they seem to hate him as a running back. Don't know why. And uh, roll with either a, a vet one year deal or another rookie. That's fine too. We've got Ron Johnson coming up on the program. Before he gets here, make sure to check out Lockdown Sports today. The biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes or less, plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Lockdown's take of the day. Lockdown Sports today available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, while we wait for Ron, just kind of wrap up and put a little bow on that uh, free agent discussion. We're keeping Brandle. We're keeping Tonga, right? Oh, yeah. Both ERFAs, yeah. super cheap deals, kind of no-brainers. Everybody else, yeah, Ben Ellison, Austin Schlotman, now that I got the list pulled up. A lot of whoever's, yeah. Yeah, a lot of whoever's. Save every penny you can. I'm with you, Sam. BC and Chris Boyd, vet minimum, sure. Come on back for training camp, but if not, you know, great run. DePaulo, mm-hmm. he's a uh, free agent. DePaulo, best long DePaulo? snapper in the league. Pro I think Bowler. you got to keep him. Bring him I think back. You got to lock him. Pro up. Bowler Andrew DePaulo. Lock him up for as long as his body can play. <laughs> he's on the priority list. Maybe. Here's Ron Johnson. He uh, hosts the Ron Johnson Show Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays with the Roundtable on Fridays, and he joins us now. Ron, I was just about to get into this talker. We were uh, we were mentioning Pro Bowl. Long snapper, Andrew DePaula. The Pro Bowl is coming up. It's Pro Bowl week. Uh, and it's not a game. It, it's a contest. It's a skills competition. Do you like the form that the Pro Bowl has now taken? Uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it was getting ridiculous. If Now, if they were to go back to old school Pro Bowl where it was a decent amount of football being played, um, then I might question it. But honestly, like one... It's a Pro Bowl. You think about the All-Star game with the NBA. They're not out there to get hurt. They're just out there to have fun and play games. You look at uh, Major League Baseball. Like baseball, really, there's no real way to get injured unless you just run into a wall or do something stupid or hurt a hamstring. So same deal, though. They're not going out there exerting too much energy. It's more about the skills challenge. It's more about seeing the guys playing the game. The NFL was the only sport where you could see a guy like Sean Taylor absolutely decapitate a punter. Or you could see a, a safety trying to make a play on the ball um, not purposely trying to blow up a receiver, but blow up a receiver. You could see a running back uh, trying to get that extra yard and run a, run a linebacker over in a big collision. So um, I, I think the NFL, like it first started with like quarterbacks. We're not going to take the quarterbacks to the ground. Don't 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 hit them. Just once you get by them, we'll blow the whistle. They're dead. Um, then it got to like, well, let's let let's not take anybody to the ground. Let's do this. So I mean, yes, the direction it was headed, it had to go there. Tyler Huntley was in the news. He was named to the Pro Bowl after only playing in six games, and I think mm-hmm. he threw two touchdowns. What do you make of that? Uh, two touchdowns, three interceptions. Um, it's one of those things where, you know, who knows what number he was on that list. We won't know. I mean, unless somebody really digs into it, if, you know, how many quarterbacks declined before they got down to Tyler Huntley. My um, guess is every single one of them probably, but – um, it, it, it's one of those things where they're trying to fill a spot. Like we needed a quarterback, so we're filling it. I, I said this on uh, my show that forget filling it with a quarterback. If, if a quarterback from the AFC drops out because it's not, you don't need a quarterback. Now I get it in flag football, but in flag football, uh, Tyreek Hill could play quarterback. You know, like you don't need, and we, we probably will see something like that. We'll see a bunch of non-quarterback guys throwing passes and trying to get there behind center and 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 doing the shotgun deal. And because that's what flag football is about. So at that point, I don't know if you need a Tyler Huntley uh, just to fill a quarterback spot versus just go out and get the next best player that would have been a pro bowler. So if it is, uh, let's just say, I mean, he's already in it. 
but let's just say it is Jamar Chase or T Higgins or somebody like that. Like, go get them. Now, again, those guys just played and they probably don't want to play anymore because they lost and they're not going to the Super Bowl. But there's there's some better uh, players that had bigger seasons that might feel like they're snubbed uh, versus going for a Tyler Huntley just to fill a quarterback spot. Inman, what do you got? Yeah, hey, Ron, Senior Bowl this week. I've been down there plenty of times. A lot of fun. Huge opportunity for those guys to get in front of all the scouts and coaches. How much do you think it really can help a player's draft stock, though? Like, ultimately, how much weight should we put into this week of practice versus the four years of college tape we have to go off of? And I guess same question about the combine, too, as a player who's been through the process. Like, we kind of learned by now, like, a 40-yard dash doesn't really equate to being a better football player. Yeah, well, I mean, so you can't coach speed. You can't, you know, you want to see how fast a guy is. That stuff is more of like, how fast is this DN really? You know, you mm-hmm. look at guys like DK Metcalf, you know, when they get out there and Justin Jefferson, they solidified that they are fast. You know, Jamar Chase, they solidified their game speed is real speed. And so there is some, there is some, some, some real uh numbers you can take from it. Same vice versa. Guy gets out there, runs a, a four eight. And you're like, oh, man, this guy's not as fast as we thought he was. Like, it, it does help and hurt you. Now, the senior bowl, though, and the combine are two totally different things. Combine is more so just like, let's see this guy move. The senior bowl, you're actually putting pads on. You're actually doing drills and practice. You're actually going against the top players in the country. Uh, you're doing one-on-ones and pads versus the top DBs. Do- top DBs are facing the top receivers. Quarterbacks are throwing to top receivers and getting that game, that NFL game speed down. Uh, so you really do get a chance to to see some of these guys. And then when, you know, when the pads are on and it's like, hey, this is a live period or this is this. These scouts are watching these offensive linemen. I think offensive linemen really, uh, it comes down to them, linebackers, running backs. Like it comes down to like how well does this guy pass block? How well, you know, how smart is this guy to realize who he needs to help out? Uh, receiver, same thing. Like they, they do simple coverages because they don't want to confuse the kids, but who can recognize quickly a cover two versus cover three? Who can recognize quickly uh, quarters coverage that then rolls down to a two shell um, and his route has to change? So they're putting these guys in real situations that they're going to run into in the NFL, and then they want to see how they handle it. So I, I think for the top guys, it, it just kind of puts them there. But there are some some late round seventh six round picks that end up can jump to the fourth because they have a great senior bowl week mm. and scouts like you that's the thing it only takes one scout to fall in love with you it only takes one team to fall in love with you to to, to get your stock up i mean look at mitchell trubisky it's all it took was one or two teams right. to fall in love with them and, and and not a knock on them i'm just saying like when you look at that and then all the teams that passed on patrick mahomes because uh, you know, oh, he doesn't have the footwork. Oh, he doesn't, he doesn't have the mechanics of a of a top pro, and you they questioned it. And so, you know, the Chiefs were so close with Alex Smith. They don't need Patrick Mahomes. Like, why are they drafting the quarterback? They don't need that. Now, all those same you know analysts are like not speaking on it now because you were guys said it, you know. And so, I, I think that's the key for this is like guys can actually solidify. And, and jump rounds when you find one team to just fall in love with what you do. Ron? Ron, I got to ask you about the Gophers. I don't know them very well. I know we got John Michael Schmitz. Everybody's talking about him. Mm-hmm. What other Gophers should I have an eye on uh, at the Senior Bowl or just like draft in general? Uh, draft in general. So you look at the Shrine game. You got Terrell Smith. You got uh, uh, Howden. Um, and, and Terrell Smith, actually, I think at the Shrine game, he was, you know, Bucky Brooks put him in one of his top five players of the day you know so and he was a really good freshman 
He was a really good sophomore, kind of fell off during COVID. And I think a lot of people mentally, people forget how stressful it is for a college kid during COVID uh, because you don't have the family support. You're kind of stuck in the dorm. Uh, you're trying to figure out like, okay, should I go home? Should I just stay here and practice classes online only? So he he was one of the casualties of COVID, I could tell, because he, he just didn't mentally have it. Uh, kind of bounced back this year, had a good year, and then got invited to the uh, Shrine and uh, was, you know, had one of the, I think, two days in a row, had like great days where scouts are talking to him, uh, reporters are interviewing him. Uh, but he was always a good, like he was always a good corner. He was good his freshman and sophomore year. He just kind of fell off, so people forgot about him. Um, when you look at uh, John Michael Schmidt, of course, we already know what he is. But Tanner Morgan, Tanner Morgan's down there as well at a, at a, at a, uh, at a top draft game or whatever, top college player game. And uh, situation, and he's making some good throws as well. Like they had him listed, dropping some dimes, and so I, I'd say that. But those like Jordan Houghton and Terrell Smith, I'd say those are for sure guys uh, to keep an eye on. Because Houghton, uh, when you look at him playing alongside a Tyler Newbin all year, uh, two, you know, Tyler Newbin is going to be regarded as one of the top safeties next year. And uh, Houghton learned from him, but he also learned from Antoine Wim. Or sorry, uh, Tyler Tyler Newbin learned from Jordan Houghton. Jordan Houghton learned from Antoine Winfield. So. Similar type of mindset, lineage, uh, play. Uh, you know, I think Jordan Houghton, you know, not to say he'll be a, you know, who knows if he'll get drafted, maybe late round, uh, but he definitely is a good guy that can come in and play special teams and eventually, you know, contribute on the field. Ron, if the Vikings took John Michael Schmitz with the first round pick, mm -hmm. and let's say they left some really good cornerbacks on the board, like, do you think that, do you think that's a good decision? For the Vikings, like trying to trying to remove ourselves from the fact that he's a gopher, would would you take him over some other defensive players with that pick? Yeah, because I I'm, I said Creed Humphrey before. I thought that was a guy they could have drafted and jumped up and went and got um, the the kid from Iowa. I think last year was one of the top centers, and we talked about possibly going to get him. Uh, and and so when you look at that, when you look at the the we've we've had this conversation for years. It felt like they're missing. Uh, a piece like we thought it was Elfline, then it was Bradbury, and 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 you know, and then again, that doesn't fit what Kevin O'Connell wants to do. It fit Mike Zimmer's scheme, but it doesn't fit Kevin O'Connell's scheme per se. Uh, when you look at a guy like a Bradbury that maybe can move to a guard and be a better guard to let Ed Ingram learn and be a swing guard, even uh, John Michael Schmidt clearly is one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Could have left last year, but got hurt in the bowl game. So yeah, I wouldn't be opposed to that because. Every year, that's what Vikings fans talk about. Who's going to play offensive line? Can he play guard? Can he play center? Blah, blah. Well, yes, he can. He can play both. So, no, I wouldn't be opposed to that because when you look at Duke Shelley, uh, you look at some of these free agents that are going to be on the market as well. I think the Vikings are actually an intriguing landing spot now for people looking at the team that was 13-4. and four. Uh, Coordinator's going to do it again. He's going to run it back. Um, we'll see how the offense looks as they start to cut guys and mold this offense and restructure contracts. But I think for, for a DB looking like, hey, I can go to Minnesota and just start or play for sure. Mm -hmm. It's actually it's actually a pretty good. And we still have a, you know, you're going to have a pot, hopefully he comes back, uh, but a, a healthy Caleb Evans, a healthy Cam Dantzler, uh, and a Duke Shelley. So, you know, as much as we wanted those guys to play when they were hurt, we'll have them back next year. Uh, we don't know what you're going to get out of Andrew Booth Jr., so, I mean, I think there's a lot of cornerbacks already on the roster uh, where there's not a lot of interior linemen on this roster. Yeah, that's a good point, Ron. Um, and one last one before you go. We were having this conversation earlier in the show. We all agree that of all the free agents, there's one guy who's going to be super expensive 
but that we would all pursue. And that's Dalvin Tomlinson. We would pay him what he's worth if you can free up the cap space. So, Ron, knowing what the financial limitations are of this team, would you prioritize getting Dalvin Tomlinson back on this roster? Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know because, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much Limbaugh Joseph has left. Um, you know, like it looks like the Eagles are using them in certain situations. Uh, it, it would depend on the dollar amount. Like, again, when it comes to the NFL, when you look at players, like, there's only so much you can spend before you have to move on. Like the Jets with Quinn and Williams and all their guys, their young guys. You look at the Eagles uh, with how they did it, where they brought in and Dominican Sue and, and uh, Linval Joseph because that's where they struggled. They had enough pieces offensively because they went and got A.J. Brown. They had Jalen Hurts. They had an offensive line. Uh, they have cornerbacks because they got Bradbury and they got uh, what's his called uh, Slay. So when you look at all the players they have, um, you're like, oh man, what do they mean? Yeah, Brandon Graham rushing a the quarterback. They're like, look, we're we're getting killed in the run, and so they went out and got guys to fill it. So I don't I don't know if I would prioritize Dalvin Thomason to the point where it's gonna it's gonna really affect the cap because I think that's where you have mm-hmm. to figure out where where can you get away with being. Um, uh, finding a guy, I guess you'll say. And and I feel like that's one of them. Because, again, draft-wise, um, you know, if they can make some trades with some early picks to maybe get two third-rounders, uh, there's some value guys out there. I think D-Lyman. D-Lyman this year is not like the Julius Peppers years where all the D-Lyman are going in the top 15 and all that stuff. Like, this this is, is a weird – because this is this gap co- – we're starting to get these gap COVID kids now. So this mm-hmm. is that weird time – where we're going to get a lot of 25, 24-year-old draft picks, 26-year-old draft picks because they hit that COVID gap, but now their COVID uh, eligibility is gone. So they have to leave, but now that's what we're seeing hit the draft, and that's why it feels a little bit different. John Michael Schmitz being a little older. Guys are older, a little bit wiser. So there might be some guys out yeah. there that are not 21-year-olds that you're like, oh, we got we to gotta mold this guy. Like The guy's 25 already, so he's going to kind of come in with a mature body. And I think that's what scouts are out scouring the senior bowl. Like, wait, this is a 25-year-old senior. Like, this guy can come in and play three or four years for us right now um, in the second, third round because he is older. He has hit that growth. You know, he already hit that spurt that a lot of NFL guys hit, you know, second, third year in the league. Yeah, I'll agree with you that, I mean, the Vikings could have a a big old competition for those line spots with Tonga and Odomewo and Blacklock and James Lynch and uh, draft pick, whoever I'm forgetting as well. They've they've definitely got plenty of bodies that can uh, can try to fit in there. Ron, uh, people can hear your show Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Fridays. Awesome guests on of late. Clinton Portis, Fox Sports Radio host Jason Smith, Travis Stevens. You've got Tommy Harris coming up and some other big-name guests. Make sure to check that out. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. Get the Ron Johnson Show. Thanks a lot, Ron. And make sure you tune in Tuesday because we'll have Co'Keefe, Buccaneers, fullback tight end. So we'll have him talking about no more Tom Brady. What does that mean for the Buccaneers, and how does he feel about it? Yeah, that'll be a good one. Former gopher, Co'Keefe. That'll be great. Appreciate your time, Ron. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks, Ron. Great stuff as usual from Ron Johnson. Parlay time. And an update, oh remember, on last week's parlays. We all lost. We all lost. We didn't even survive the first game. We went 0 for 4, so these are the standings. Luke, you are the only winner through the first two weeks. You are at negative 40 bucks. Negative 40 bucks. Arif, Braun, myself, negative 1,000. Our contest is we're doing a $500 parlay every week using FanDuel, fanduel.com. 
And even though we don't have a Super Bowl or a football game this week, I'm opening it up. I'm letting you do whatever you want. NBA, NHL, golf, tennis, it's all on the table. So let's start with, I don't know what order we go in, doesn't really matter. Let's go with the leader, Luke Inman. Give me a parlay. And how are you going to approach this? Because you've got the lead. you got to protect that lead. Uh, what direction are you going to go? Not a lot of realistic options here. I'm looking, let's see, martial arts, UFC. Nah, not really my wheelhouse mm. like it is yours, Sam. Love Soccer, arts. tennis, golf, <laughs> hockey. I got to go NBA. And, you know, if we have to put in our ticket today, really the only options when I start to get into player props are only tonight's slate of games. So I'm looking at the Milwaukee Bucks Clippers. I'm going to go Giannis with a combo stat. So that's points, rebounds, and assists. You pull them all together. And right now, I can get 50 or more, so over 49.5 at minus 167. And I'm going to add in Nikola Jokic over 10.5 rebounds at minus 201. You put those together. I'm looking at plus 140 on my parlay sheet. Uh, pretty conservative, especially, I know, you know, compared to some of the stuff you guys do. But I'm trying to protect my lead here this week, Sam. I, pre- I can appreciate that. So plus 140 for Inman. How about you, Braun? Oh, you let me go anywhere. I went to weird places. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to do a, a fairly conservative one just because I, I got to hit one, right? Uh, so I went to the tennis court. And uh, later today, actually, it might have already kicked off by the time the show comes out. Renata Zarazua versus Emil Arango. I'm taking Zarazu at minus 152 and adding it to a darts game. <laughs> wow. Gerwin Price versus Nathan Aspinall. Gerwin Price is also favored. Parlay those two. It's plus 153, a conservative parlay. <laughs> These are people who I definitely knew about before I logged on to FanDuel uh, roughly 20 minutes ago. Uh, and it's absolutely something that I've researched and taken my time to figure out. I feel real good about these picks. So the names were Zara Zua to win tennis and Price to win darts. That's all I'm going to write down. Is that correct? Uh, yes. At minus 152. I will yep. put their names in the chat. All right. Minus 152. I got that right. Uh, plus 153 is the parlay in total. Oh, I heard that way wrong. All right. Arif has gone also very convoluted. So he's got... Luca to get a double double with the Mavericks winning. He's got LeBron getting 30 plus points and the Lakers winning. <laughs> what are we doing? We're off yes. the rails. We're He's off got the rails. a double double. Somebody named Jet Howard, who I and I don't know which team he plays for. He's gonna make four plus three pointers in the Michigan Northwestern college basketball game. Number 13 for your Michigan Wolverines. For the Wolk. Okay, well, the guard, Jet Howard. All right, love him. So that all adds up to plus 1684. 500 to win 8400. Wow. wow. He's going to hit it. Watch. Watch him. Hit um, it. That's awesome. I hope he wins. It'd be an awesome story. I'm also going to the tennis court. Yes. So I knew it. I, I knew it's it. Weird. So I got weird the previous two attempts, and I went long shots. 
I'm reverse reverse uh, approach this week. So there are four tennis players that are heavy favorites in something called the ITF Rome, which I assume is a, a tennis tournament. Their, their last, I don't know their first names. Their last names are Kruger at minus 490, Stearns at minus 470, Montgomery at minus 700, and Lee at minus 440. I want all four of them to win and that parlay comes out to plus 104. So basically, even odds. Kruger, Stearns, Montgomery, Lee, plus 104. Of those four, who do you think has the best serve? You know, it's not about the it's not about the first serve. It's about the second serve, Bron. So I right, really concerned the second about serve, the second serve. I mean, I I love the velocity of Stearns, but I like the accuracy of Kruger. I need a tennis person to check that. Was Sam correct at all? I think I think I think Montgomery double faults a little too much. That's why I don't have faith <laughs> in him or her. I don't know gender. I don't know if this is a women's tournament or a man's tournament because I don't know. Will they them be safe? I yeah. I I real I truly don't. But that's the fun in this. So uh, can't wait to watch the tennis channel later if I get it. I assume I do. Um, and the the darts channel. Let's find that for uh, for Braun. Darts is electrifying. Darts. I'm excited oh, to watch darts. Amazing. So good. The uh, the perfect round. Do you send that to me, Luke? The perfect yeah. darts round. Oh yeah. yeah, incredible. Phenomenal. The announcers are great. I might actually go pursue a darts announcing career. We should go to one of those events. Oh, maybe the oh. maybe the winner of this. Everybody else has to buy that person a ticket. <laughs> a ticket to it. Next time the Vikings are in London, because that's where they really take it serious. Yeah. Beauty. Final segment of the show. It's time to tell you who spilled their proverbial drink on the sofa. Get ready for this week's party foul. Here's a little golf for all my golf fans out there. There was a tournament last year. Maybe you've seen the clip where Jordan Spieth hit a shot hanging off a cliff. He was one foot from plunging to his death, had to take a full swing at a golf ball, hit it over a canyon with his foot inches from uh, from sure destruction. Pebble Beach, where the tournament was played, has decided to try to eliminate that kind of risk. They have grown out the rough. They're trying to avoid having golf balls get that close to the edge of the cliff. This is a huge party foul. You're you're saying there's going to be less death-defying shots in golf. I want more. I want more cliff shots in golf, not less. I tune in for the death-defying golf shots. So big party foul on Pebble Beach's part. Uh, thin down the rough. Get them up against the cliff. Make them choose between par and their life. <laughs> Make golf a little more interesting. Yeah. Make the sport up. Let's get some electric thrills. You got to compete with live golf somehow, and this is how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Uh, I'm going to go with... Um, I, you could point this a number of directions. It's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pat Freermuth basically says that the Steelers' offense was very simple and did not have hot reads. Uh, for those who don't know, a hot read is a pre-snap usually designation the quarterback makes if he thinks he's going to get blitzed and that there will be an unblocked rusher. Uh, it becomes the quarterback's responsibility to sort of account for that rusher by getting the ball out. Every high school offense has this. Uh, this is very, very basic. And if the Steelers couldn't do it, that's a party foul. Uh, the 
I think the implication is that Kenny Pickett wasn't ready. Like it had to be simplified for him because he was so not ready to play that they had to take those out of there. So party foul on Pickett for not being able to, to throw hot. You should be able to do that coming out of the box if you're going to be a first round quarterback and kind of party foul on Pat Freermus a little bit for uh, spilling the beans that maybe that that one should should stay in house. So rough stuff over there in Pittsburgh. Hmm. Inman. You know, I didn't have one ready. I just kind of winged one. But you know what? I just pulled up an article on ESPN about all the different Super Bowl props. And I know we just had a lot of fun with uh, our gambling segment going off the wall. But I used to have a lot of fun with all the Super Bowl props. If you're a legitimate actually trying to make some money, though, stay away from some of those props. The Gatorade color. I know it seems no. fun. The over-under. No, wait a minute. Will the not. over-under. <laughs> the over-under on the length of the national anthem. I mean, guys, what are we doing? You're going to blow your whole bankroll before the kickoff even starts. I'm just saying, if you want to have fun, go for it. Have a field day. But if you're trying to make some real money, stick to the game itself. I'm. I am going to make if you're trying to be a sharp. Then, because I'm not a sharp. I I, when I when I uh, Mike Gelfand, longtime sharp. We've we've worked with him before in different iterations of this show. Uh, He lives and dies by the following bet. Under on the yardage of the first rush, which is usually about three and a half, it hits at an astounding rate. Okay. The under hits. Under. Saying. So under like three and a half yards opening rush of the game. Great. Wow. Bet. What a sneaky bet. Mm-hmm. Love that. Yeah. I am going to to say this out loud. Hold me to this or don't, because it'd be probably to your advantage if I don't. When we do our Super Bowl parlays next week, I am going to keep it to gameplay because I don't want to lose before the kickoff. That would suck. I am going to keep it so that I can have interest for four full quarters. That's my goal is to like be that disciplined. They're enticing, man. They're fun. It's like a kid in a candy store. Like Some of them you're like, might have some insider info. Or, or Well, yeah. Gatorade was orange last year. And then in 2021, it was blue. So red is due. It's the Chiefs it's doing. So it's it's red, plus 450. I'm getting Chiefs, value. The Chiefs like orange Gator. It's it's what were the colors in the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship? That's that's the best Gatorade color. What's predictor. crazy? What what what, what, what always blows my like. mind is there's a guy out there who knows. Like there's a yeah. guy who doesn't. Like we got to find that guy. Yeah, He's out like there you somewhere. can't really algorithm that. Like a lot of the 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 number stuff, it's like put into right. a computer, but you can't really do that for Gatorade color um this is probably more offshore stuff but i love when there's like announcer related props like one time joe buck having a beard was a prop and joe buck just went on like howard stern and and they asked him straight up and he said no no beard or i don't know whichever it was he like gave all the answers to the quiz oh wow there's got to be some serious insider trading when that when that goes on one time al michaels had a prop where it was will he say deflate gate like four and a half or more times. <laughs> I and remember Michaels, that. being I remember the degenerate that. that he is, literally came back from break and said, deflate gate, deflate gate, deflate gate, deflate <laughs> gate, right. deflate gate. I remember that. <laughs> I guarantee he had 50 large on that. Think about what his That's game what I'm check saying. was. There's some the insider uh-huh. info yeah. to be had somewhere. We just got to find it. <laughs> Al Michaels is such a degenerate. It's so funny. You know, I'm back on it. I'm going with orange. I get it. <laughs> All right, pull our money, guys. I'm back on it. If I ever reach a level in my play-by-play career, long, 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 long ways from mm-hmm. there, but if I'm ever the subject of a prop, I will clue you guys in. There you go. I'll let you know. Um, 
Fun show, guys. We're back on Monday to talk about what else but the Pro Bowl and other good Vikings talkers. Thanks for watching. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota and uh, follow along on Twitter at Locked On M-I-N. He's Luke. He's Luke. I'm Sam. See you later on the Minnesota Football Party.